0: This is The Rich Eisen Show. Hey! Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
1: T.J. Watt here. How would you categorize your role? T.J. Watt! With the trifecta.
0: As an outside linebacker in a 3-4
2: defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to be a playmaker. T.J.
1: Watt got a piece of that ball. Earlier on the show, pro
0: football Hall of Famer Dick Butkus. Coming up, executive producer of the Earning It podcast, Jane Skinner Goodell. Actor C. Thomas Howell. Plus, Fox Sports rules analyst Dean Blandino. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
1: Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show on the air. Uh, Hour number one, we had a delightful, entertaining, fantastic, hilarious conversation with the great Dick Butkus, um, who um, uh, I think he dropped one curse word in relation to the Bears loss last night. (laughs) He wanted to do more. Uh, I think he wanted to do a heck of a lot more. Uh, Dick said that the Bears offensive line should be charged with attempted murder murder because they're going to get... Our quarterback killed, is what he said last yeah, that's night. What said. Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. And that's where he went first before the taunting stuff. And this taunting stuff has just got to get, we just got We just got to stop it. Yeah, it, it again, you know, we'll get to that in a second because uh, we have yet to play you the soundbite that Matt Nagy said last night and also Cassius Marsh, who was called for staring. <laughs> 15 <laughs> yards for staring. That, that happened, happened last what, night. That's what happened. There you go. Which, by the way, I think was the episode of murder she wrote that Dick just did. It's called 15 Yards for Staring. Um, you know, Angela Lansbury was on the case. <laughs> um and so uh that's coming up. And we all and Tomlin's speaking today, um, because he um, you know, speaks every Tuesday. And Kept his appointed round with the media today after the big win last night, fourth win in a row for the Steelers. They're five and three. They're in the second place position right now Dude. in the AFC North. Once upon a time, one and three. And we're like, yeah, though, well, that's that, that's it for the Steelers this year. Four dubs in a row. And they take on the Lions next at home. So um there's that.
0: Steelers the sixth seed in the AFC there spot right now because yeah. the Raiders beat them earlier this year. Correct. How about
1: that being an important tiebreaker of of note to just keep in mind here as we're now entering week 10. The double-digit weeks have arrived for the 2021 longest regular season ever in the history of the National Football League. And Tomlin, again, I think it's important to hear from him because he is on the competition committee and a coach on the competition committee as well that um, um, forwarded the concept of emphasizing the taunting rule that's on the books. Now we're seeing something like last night. Terribly unfortunate. And uh, we'll, we'll play that. Dean Blandino, the head of NFL refs, will join us in short order, coming up in about 16 minutes' time, to tell us uh, – because here's what I want to – I want to know what's happening in the league office today. Are they saying to Tony Correnti, good job? Or are they saying to him, what are you doing? And are they saying to him, did you contact the player or you didn't contact the player? And are they also saying, you know, possibly maybe we need to reemphasize the emphasis with our officials to make sure they separate the wheat standing over a player and barking at said player from the chaff, which was this garbage of staring. So Dean's going to join us, and again we'll 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 revisit this issue in just mere minutes when we uh I guess the Tomlin soundbite is currently being acquired. So in the meantime, is 105.3 three the fan correct in, uh, yeah, in the retroplex? Absolutely. Uh, Jerry Jones appears there every week, only owner I believe who's got a weekly media appearance, and we thank him for that. <laughs> we do. Yeah, honestly, we, we do. We do. Um, I think he was giving voice to what everybody was thinking uh, last week. Twenty-seven, nothing. Denver on top. This thing is done. Didn't see that this is over. Game over. Twenty-seven, nothing. But Dak Prescott, who couldn't go a week before, couldn't answer the bell off a of bye after a full. Week of rest. He's working out in a pool to try and get his calf ready for a game against Minnesota. A bell that rung on Sunday Night Football that he could not answer. Or he was not allowed to answer out of the name of a house band that I would name. If I had a house band, Abundance of Caution. Or maybe I'd name a horse that if I had a, if I had a horse. Good horse. Name. Abundance of caution around Good the horse, turn yeah. and down the stretch they come. It's um, abundance of caution. Yep. Okay. Beating my other horse. Sources say. <laughs> <laughs> it's sources say it's abundance of caution. Okay. Dak out of an abundance of caution. So one week it's abundance of caution. Next week it's caution of the wind. What the hell was Dak doing out there? I don't know. Maybe this is what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. Do you remember when DeMarco Murray was one of the top running backs in the league and broke his hand, had it surgically repaired, and they still played him against the Jacksonville Jaguars like right away and with his hand looking like stitched up and swollen and like you need ice on that thing, not like running it. They had that game wrapped, and he was still running in the fourth quarter, and they're asking Jason Garrett, like, what are you doing? That's what we do around here. I guess that's that's what they do because Dak was still in the game. Insignificant scores. Maybe it's just like, you know, working out the rusty. They saw he was rusty in the first three quarters. Let's work that rust out. Well, the game's over. Work that rust out next week in practice. Well, I guess Jerry Jones was wondering. Well, he was uh, his franchise face and franchise tagged, and now franchise paid player.
0: To the two and a forty million
1: per was doing out there. you Okay, with Dak and Zeke and some of the
3: starters being left in there.
0: I'm just reminded that there's no second gear for these guys. It's all first gear, and um, when you uh, uh, make decisions, decision, we we're very careful. the long range of not playing Dak last week. And we were very careful. It was a long-range thought. And so, I think you've got to incorporate that in. I'm not going to take issue with him being in the game. All I know is that when he's in the game, don't think that he's not going to make every play like it's a Super Bowl play. He's going to do that. So, if you've got concern about uh, uh, the the fact that uh, what would it do to your season uh, to uh, Uh, have another injury Uh, if you got concerned about that then that's the time to do it not expecting him for instance when he ran for the two Dak Prescott's going to do that I don't don't care if we're down down, uh, 30 points which uh, we were really for all practical purposes. Yeah. So what
1: that is is you know what this sounds like uh, to me with all due respect and I think most guys out there in the audience will say this and uh, maybe some of the, the ladies, although maybe not as much, you know, when you don't shower and you stink, oh. you know, and you you, you you just put on some cologne, hoping it masks everything. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what that was. <laughs> Dak is so good. He's so good. He's just always so all in that when you have him out there, you can't do anything except expect him to be the best. <laughs> that's the clone. But at the very center is the stink that's covering up of what the hell was he doing out there? Playing with fire. Playing with Fire. Oh, man. That's what that sounds like to me. What does that sound like to you, TJ?
3: Sounds like a 6-2 and two football team okay. that's on to the Falcons. Okay. I mean, <laughs> uh... That's another assessment of it? <laughs> you know, I'm you just saying. Believe,
0: you don't believe that.
3: I do believe that. My goodness. It, we lost 6-2. We have a four-game lead in division. Like, we're missing Tyron Smith. We never play well when Tyron Smith is out. We still don't have Tank Lawrence. We still don't have Michael Gallup. There's a lot of talent that didn't play. Oh, yes. I'm not like right. ready to throw in the towel now after one like did the Bucks lose? Yes. Did the Bills lose? Yes. Like did the Rams lose? Yes. Are they throwing in the towel? No. So land just a little bit. That's inappropriate use of that drop. But um <laughs> the Bucks went yeah. by. I'm not, they lost the week no, before. he's
1: saying that the Bucks have lost. Okay. They've yeah. already had their second loss. This is the Cowboys second loss. Oh, and God, you God. cannot God. win them all. And I think yeah. that's a very rational and uh, nuanced way of looking at it that they had because that's the way they're looking at it in the building that's for sure Well, that's how they better be looking uh, no, at it I, I just don't understand what the hell that guy was doing out there no
3: like, i mean i tweeted that I mean, come like, on i man. told brockman when it was 19 nothing i think i'd hit him up and said this game's it? over Oh well, like, we'll i could you could just
1: tell even at 19 though actually 13 nothing is when i was even at 19 though you're still you still have a chip scor- in a chair uh, three man. Scores, you still yeah. got a chip in a chair. 27 Not nothing. Now. 27 nothing. It's like what are we trying to prove now? Yeah. But I tweeted that it's like what's he doing out there? It makes especially nothing. since nothing was going your way that day. Nothing. nothing including right a block, including a blocked punt giving a fresh set of downs to the team that blocked the yeah, punt. Yeah, can
3: we talk to Blandino yes. about this?
1: I, I mean... I, I, I'll explain it to you if you want, yeah. but we'll have Dean you know, do it, it as doesn't well. Matter it because... could be one of those things where I say it to Susie and she pays it no mind, and one of her friends says it to her, like, you know what they said? And I'm like, that's what I said. You know? <laughs> so it's, you know, like that's the way it goes in life. But the bottom line is when the ball is blocked mm-hmm. on the punt and it then goes past the line of scrimmage as the Cowboys have touched it again, mm-hmm. that's a live ball. Broncos recovered, fresh set of downs. I've just so the I can't ball. The ball, the ball was blocked. Yeah. It went past the line of scrimmage. Dallas touched it past the line of scrimmage. It at again, the line of scrimmage. it seemed like. Again, Broncos recovered, fresh set of downs. I just. Would know. have been better if you just let them punt it to you, as
0: well,
1: you know. Yeah, looking back on it. But. Because you couldn't stop them. Ever, yeah, nothing was worth. Except right to pre- bring on the punt that you blocked and then still didn't get the ball, which could have turned the game around. And that's just that another point. reason. Like you know what, things aren't going our way. Stuff's happening that is so weird in the game that McCarthy's probably never seen before, and he's coached a ton of football. Yeah, that's cool. when you basically say this is when our quarterback can most likely get hurt. Down twenty-seven, nothing. Sit him. Get Cooper Rush more reps. He deserved it. You know what, though? Out have started a quarterback controversy for you and I know. I, I, I know with the way Mike White's performing. Eh, you, you, you I'm don't glad trying to still
3: equate Zach Wilson to Dak Prescott. But he okay. is.
1: He is. He is the Jets version of it. Yep. <laughs> I, I Where you got it? You got to have him win. You got to have him go. You put all your capital in him. Yeah. Do you know right.
3: when Dak Prescott his rookie year he was 13 and three? I do remember that. So I don't. He know sent that Tony
1: Romo to broadcast. Mike
3: White is the equivalent of Dak, but. You're not hearing me when I'm talking. Yeah, because I just don't get the argument. The
1: argument is
3: simple. <laughs> we don't have to keep on No, this. we do, because
1: <laughs> there are some people who might be coming in. The argument is simple. Zach and Mike White are the Jets' starting and backup quarterbacks. Dak and Cooper Rush are those people for the Dallas Cowboys. When Cooper Rush comes in and plays very well, there's no as to who the starting quarterback is for the Dallas Cowboys. It's the same thing for the Jets, even though Zach has not performed at all, doesn't have the same resume at all, hasn't earned the long-term multi-year, multi-billion-dollar contract Mm -hmm. as Dak at all. The same thing, though, that applies to Dak applies to Zach in that the Jets have given their most important piece of capital – Jerry Jones has done it with his money. Mm-hmm. The Jets have done it with their draft choice. It has to work with the, this guy, not the backup. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I've been literally been trying to say for a week. It's just All been- <laughs> I said was a
3: joke two weeks ago about that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Mike I mean, Brockman said it as well, and yet he's not. Just yeah, because quiet. his team's been in the <laughs>
1: his team's been the AFC Championship game multiple times yeah, in the last twenty five years. He can't Yours say has been you. zero, but that's fine. Again, I said but we no, made a joke about fine, Mike
3: White, and you—it's it's like I don't know if your butt heard about it, but it's like yes, when, I clearly it, have. You are my goodness, <laughs> <I> man. <am. laughs> All we said was the Jets have a new quarterback, and I've heard about it every day for three weeks
1: now. <laughs> Moving on. I'm doing great. Okay. (laughs) well, the Mike Tomlin sounds about to come in. And so what we're going to do is take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk to Dean Blandino. And then we'll hear from Matt Nagy and then everybody else from last night, man. But first up, let's get the explanation from the former NFL VP of officiating NFL rules analyst on Fox. Our buddy Dean Blandino joins us next. And also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people, or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH here on our terrestrial radio network. Um, He's been in here in person, and I love chatting with him, and he does a great job on uh, Fox for both professional and collegiate football. Uh, Former head of NFL refs for the National Football League now, along with another former head of NFL refs and Mike Pereira, Fox rules analyst Dean Blandino here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Dean?
4: I'm good. I'm. I'm just glad I'm no longer the head of officiating today. Right, today's not a good day.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. What, what do you think is happening in the league office today, based on what we saw at the end of Monday Night Football last night with Tony Correnti calling Cassius Marsh for taunting by staring down the Steelers bench outside the yeah, numbers. Well-
4: they're reviewing. I know if I were there, I would have had a conversation with Tony last night. I wouldn't have waited till today. I would want to get his perspective on what happened. Certainly that call on Marsh. You know, what did you see? Why did you call taunting? And then, and then ask, Hey, what happened there? Look like you bumped him? Did you lose your balance? It's. I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and say that. I would imagine any world where Tony Kareni would do that intentionally. But you watch the video and you go, Man, what the heck happened? So, you know, they're looking at all of it. They're reviewing the game like they normally do. And and I would imagine they've had conversations with Tony and the rest of the crew just to kind of figure out what, you know, their perspective of it.
1: Well, I mean, so um, you knowing what this emphasis is this year and your ear to the ground knowing what's going on in the NFL, do you think the league wants that flag in that instance against that action by the player last night?
4: I, I, I don't. I, here's the thing. There, there's there's two ways to look at this. There's what the approach was, and I think the league, the, the competition committee, the coaches subcommittee, which works with the competition committee, they, they, they saw a, a decline in sportsmanship. They saw this in-your-face stuff. The, the standing over the ball carrier after the tackle, the getting in somebody's face, they saw that not being called. So they wanted to clean that up, and that's good, and we've seen that before but it feels like we've gone another step to where even listening to Tony in the pool report, he said he was posturing. Well, you know, if he didn't say anything and he's just kind of staring at the bench, I mean, that's a, that's a Pandora's box. Now I can, I can, I get the in your face stuff. I get the standing over, look at me. We're going to, you know, we're going to, that's going to lead to other things. Um, Altercations later in the game, you want to nip that in the bud, but this, Again, I wasn't there. I don't know what was said or what Tony was seeing from his perspective. It just feels like uh, another level, and I'm not sure that is what the committee intended.
1: No, I mean, we, I guess we could all assume what he saw, which is what the rest of us saw, which is we saw a player, you know, start walking towards a bench not his own, um, strutting, and he maybe did not see the fact that Marsh said nothing. He might have assumed Marsh was saying something and barking. He had no idea it was just a stare because he's only seeing Marsh's back as he's walking even inching closer to a bench that he used to belong to, by the way. Uh, I don't know if officials know history of every single player out on the field, but uh, he had no idea if he was barking at him. But isn't there any sense of... Moment and contextualizing that needs to happen here, Dean. Three thirty yeah. to go in a game, whole country watching. That's now a three-point game. You 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 know what the score is and what time it is. Why throw the flag on that, man? Why? Yeah, and 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 look,
4: Tony's a veteran referee. He's been right. around a long time, and and he has good judgment. He he's been a good referee for a long time, and you do hope that in that moment, look. A foul's a foul, and if it's there, you got to call it regardless of two minutes to go in the fourth quarter or the opening kickoff, but that moment, it felt like I would have wanted to see more. Look, if Marsh gets up, and he's in the Steelers' bench area, and he's John and he's up in somebody's face, that's a foul. You can't do that. But to be kind of near midfield and just staring, it just felt like he could have given him a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt and, and then you get on top of that, then you get the flag and the bump, and it's just all – it's just tough to kind of explain the whole deal. It's, it's, it's a tough one.
1: Dean Blandino, Dean Blandino here on the Rich Eisen Show. And the thing that I think that outrages fans the most is not just because there's no context in the call, right? There, there, there is, you know, a player that's performing this uh, stare and strut, but there's also no context as i just said about 3:30 to go forces a punt i'm going to call this penalty i know it's a fresh set of downs i could essentially end this game right now by doing this but i'm going to do it anyway that's one thing that outrages fans but the thing that's the most outrageous is the concept of lack of accountability that 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 you hurt you hear coaches basically say and matt nagy said last night guys have to know there's an emphasis guys have to know that they shouldn't even give uh an official uh a thought in their head to sure. twitch towards their flag how about the official not twitching towards their flag how about something in their head to say i'm not going to do it because it's not worthy of the foul at the moment how about that dean
4: yeah there's no question and, and officials are held accountable i think it happens more behind the scenes. Correct. It's not out in the open. It's not public. So I think
1: that... Some How I so? have a
4: hard time... Explain, that. Fi- it's, explain yeah, to it's, folks. There's an evaluation system. That game, any game, you're going to get graded on every call you make. You're going to get graded on calls you should have made. You're going to get graded on your mechanics, your positioning. So there's former officials that go through each game and they evaluate the performance on a lot of different levels. And then you get, so for me, if I'm looking at that play, I think it's what does the league do with this going forward? Do they say, good call, Tony, that's correct. We're going to put that on a training tape for every official to see that that's taunting, and we're going we're to reinforce that, that call, and you're going to see more of that. Or are you going to take the approach, look, that's not, you made the call, it's not a good call, we're going to give you a downgrade, we're going to put it out to the officials to say, we do not want this call, we want to see more. Here's some examples of what we feel are taunting. I mean, that would be the approach that I would hope happens. Um, but they are held accountable. And if you don't grade out well, you don't get a postseason assignment. And if you don't grade out well, um, you are at risk of, of losing your employment with the NFL, and officials get let go every every offseason. So there is a, an accountability. It's a profession that is under intense scrutiny. Yes. you know, I can't think of other professions where – We're talking about it, right? You know, we make decisions. You're an accountant. You make a decision. You might have made a mistake. You go home. We're not talking about it on the Rich Eisen show. But it is something that fans want. They want to know that they're held accountable. I guarantee you they are. But, again, what is the league going to do with this? Are they going to say that's a good call and we want to see that going forward? Or are we going to say, hey, wait a minute, that's not what we intended and, uh, and we don't want to
1: see calls like that going forward. Well, Dean, uh, you didn't hear our one. We called out a CPA in Rancho uh, Mirage uh, earlier to say that they screwed up somebody's taxes. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it was an awful – yeah, fa- fans, fans are still calling in. But, but in all seriousness, though, you're, you, I, I totally understand the scrutiny. But there is an issue with the fans right now, certainly on this subject alone, when it comes to officiating. It is a credibility issue. This is definitely a PR Scenario, what about doing what the NBA does? Put out a last five minute report based on what we saw last night. So everybody knows was Tony Carrenti downgraded for calling this taunting penalty on Cassius Marsh, or does the league say, yes, we want that called? I think it's important that fans know that the league does or does not want that called we sat there we saw it it's a big game it's week nine it's a difference between potentially a team being four and five and three and six and five and three or 500 it's really that big why not let it be known
4: yeah I mean the NBA I think there's pros and cons I think some of that it comes from a good place I don't know if that's worked out you know you've heard like LeBron James and others kind of be critical of the two-minute report I get it. I think there would be some value. I don't know if, I worry, you know, because if you get all these reports and you're seeing, hey, th- those officials made eight mistakes in the last two minutes, that undermines their credibility as well. I think there's ways to do it. There's ways to communicate with the fans, whether it's social media or having somebody from officiating come out and say, hey, let's look at the play. Here's what happened. Here's what the officials saw. We don't think this is a foul. We don't want this going forward. I think we, there needs to be more of that. They didn't have that early in the season. You didn't hear anything from officiating. I think they've started to head down that path a little bit, whether it's their their Twitter account or other things that they're doing. But I think that is important because fans, they, they need to know that. I don't think you give them everything, because right. you just, you, but you give them something right. to say, yes, we're looking at this, we understand there's an issue, and here's what we're doing to address
1: it. So last one for you on this, uh, if you were still the head of officiating, I'm making you just for the split moment the head of NFL officiating once again, even though you started this interview saying you're glad you're not, would you have downgraded Tony Carrenti for this or said good call? What would you have said?
4: No, I, I don't think it's a good call. I don't you know, I'd want to hear from his perspective like we always did, but, right. but I would I would want to put that out to our to our crews that look guys, this is not we want to see more in the bench area. We want to see him in somebody's face um, to call this. And and that that would be my approach, Um, you know, and whether there would be something beyond that in terms of communicating that to the public, certainly to the clubs, you know, to to Chicago and Pittsburgh. You would you would do that. That's normal protocol. But I I just don't think there's enough there to call taunting. I I don't care. I don't care if it's the first quarter, you know, with 13 minutes to go. I don't think that is what the the committee intended with this point of
1: emphasis. Do you think that is happening today? Um, think?
4: to be honest your with best you, guess. I don't know. What's your I best don't guess? Know. My, my best guess mm-hmm. is they are going to bend over backward to try to support that call. And I think you do that in some instances because you want to support your officials, but there are times where you just can't. Um, and my gut would tell me that, I don't know if there's going to be some public proclamation that this was a good call, but my gut would tell me that they would support that call. Mm.
1: That's unfortunate, I'll be very honest with you. Dean Blandino right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the concept of New York. That's what we're we're hearing all the time, that New York yeah. is chiming in. It's New York. Yeah. It's New York. Uh, I, I do love the fact that we're seeing flags picked up. We're seeing calls like, uh, that's not a catch because the toe was out, and that's the ruling on the field, and then there's a huddle up, and now up oh, the ruling on the field is it's a catch because New York – saw it's a catch it saves the coach from challenging it keeps the game moving along and I love it I'm enjoying this immensely why couldn't New York have been chimed in to basically get in ear ear, saying hey Tony before you announce it hang on a second he should huddle up with his officials just give me a couple seconds and then you know even after he's throwing the flag give us 20 seconds because I know that it's a head official that's throwing the flag usually he'll just pop it on and just say that's the penalty why couldn't yeah. New York chime in and say, he didn't say anything, Tony. I know his, his back was to you. Pick it up. Why can't New yeah. York do that stuff on um, 15-yard penalties all the time about whether it was roughing the passer? We're seeing awful roughing the passer calls. We saw last night uh, a penalty call that took a Bears touchdown away because T.J. Watt was apparently blocked below the waist. It yeah. was a whiff. He didn't get him. Like uh, wh- why can't New York be chiming in more often? D. yeah, I think i right now, under the current rules, they
4: they're not allowed to, and and a lot of that comes from the replay official as well, that video assist. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the conversation going forward. you know when it is obvious that there is a foul that is not there, um can they chime in? and I think that's that eventually, I think we're gonna see some of that. I think you're gonna see the you know the face mask call, and it he actually grabbed the jersey, not the face mask, right. and they pick it up. I think that's coming. I think we got to be careful and mindful of you can't you can't re-officiate the game from from the replay booth. That's just not you know you're gonna you're gonna destroy the flow of the game. You can't have officials being indecisive because they know that they're that they're they're gonna immediately be looked at. But I think in in game-changing situations, I think that is possible where you could have someone, whether it's the replay official or the people in New York, that can come in and say, hey, let's pick up the flag, that's not a foul. Look, if we had done that in the NFC Championship in 2018 and and got a flag down for that pass interference, we probably don't go through 2019 yeah.
1: with the replay review <laughs> and, right. and all of that nonsense, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much that can be corrected, certainly in everybody's watching nationally televised games, Dean, because as you know from Fox with the – the Buck and Aikman crew and last night for the worldwide leader and Sunday night football, et cetera, there's all these 4K cameras. I mean, you're seeing stuff. It, it looks like portrait mode sometimes on your phone. You're seeing it, and, and so I'd love to see these things get picked up more often. It's a better game for it, and it moves faster. It really does, but I'd love yeah. to see it slow down a little bit before a 15-yarder is called, huddle up. Because, again, that makes it look like at least it's coming from the field, and we know it's getting in their earpieces. Let's just do it. Let's do it. So yeah, that's
4: that – And the c- technology is pushing
1: it. The technology keeps pushing it forward. It's going to get to the point where it, where
4: you can do it seamlessly. And like you said, the, the the video quality is so good and the angles are so good right. that you're going to see more information than the officials can ever see.
1: I got one last for you if you have time, Dean. One yeah. last one. Yeah. Did Pere- Pereira came on recently – And I think he said this, so I'll repeat it. He he might have already been uh, a bit into the Tito's. It was only ten in the morning, so (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, did he say that you're involved with maybe working on a national um, sort of officiating crew, like to try to nationalize officiating in college football? Did I hear that correctly?
4: Yeah. So one of the things, yeah, one of the things we're working on because I do work with the NCAA on the replay side. We're Mm -hmm. looking at maybe. Doing some things more regionalized, like right now you have right the Big Ten officials work mm. the Big Ten crews, and the- don't get me started
1: on that, Dean.
4: Don't I know, get- believe me, I know. And then you have these non-conference games when Alabama plays Ohio State, and then you've got Big Twelve officials. It all right. The, the perception is, well, they're Big Twelve officials. They're gonna they're gonna lean toward Oklahoma. Not that that's the case, but it is a perception. And so one of the things we're looking at on the replay side is. Can we do more of national replay centers where whether it's targeting um, or, or the, the, the CFP games, the neutral site games, where instead of them being Big 12 replay officials or Big 10 replay officials, mm-hmm. they're NCA replay officials. They have no affiliation, and it, it, it just gives you more of an appearance of, of you know, an unbiased look. And that's something that we're working on. You know, maybe testing with the CFT, some of these neutral site games, and, and we'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. Um, so, who was in the it was just Big Ten uh, uh, replay? I don't officials, want to bring right? up
4: a sore subject. No, about no. the you know the Michigan State yeah, loss. You were, the, were you the, were you
1: in were you in the studio for that one? Because I was too busy throwing stuff at my television set. I, I, I couldn't could imagine.
4: See. I know there was a couple of controversial on, calls man. and and and. Jim, you know, Jim mentioned a couple of things. There was a, you know, controversial replay review. Um, by, contr- I, hey, look, by
1: controversial, are you saying terribly uh, inappropriate and wrong? Is that what you mean by controversial?
4: I mean that might be the that might be the the, the, the Michigan perspective <laughs> on that, which I know you're coming from. Um, but you know you're you're the Spartans maybe that's karma you know they go and they, they lose to the giant killer Purdue uh, Boilermakers so it's it's karma right okay
1: no by the way it, when you when you said Michigan point of view it's actually the 2020 vision perfect eyesight point of view that's what that was there was there's no reason for that thing to be overturned <laughs> the, the and point of view uh, yeah. okay all right well you're doing the Lord's work improving uh, officiating at the collegiate level I'll tell you that Dean. For sure, so good We're luck with that thanks for the call, Dean really appreciate Hi, it today. you got it that's Dean Blandino, everybody right here. I think you had to go TJ otherwise, I would have asked him about your uh okay. I think I gave you the you did
3: you you answered it it's just right. you know
1: one of those calls that you never hear I'll say this if the NFL' is going to back up the play of that call that is that is a misstep if the NFL is going to back up Tony Carrenti for saying that is a foul we want called. I'm just going to tell my friends and colleagues in New York City, you are making the wrong play. I talk to fans. Did I sound like uh, Affleck from the uh, the uh, the old the old uh, Simmons, Simmons, show? Simmons show? Did I sound like that?
0: You talk to a lot. Of I talk to people across the board. Across they the think board, it's <laughs>
1: BS. It's, yeah. I don't know if you got that in the old uh, the, the Del Tufo system right there.
0: <laughs> no idea. Uh, uh, no, like, don't worry about
1: it. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Affleck, 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 whatever Affleck. you want to look for it. Who knows, IT I, I, I talk to people across the board. They think it's BS last night. I don't know of a single. I have not met. And please call up if you're one of these souls. Yes, Cassius Marsh should have been flagged for that action last night I want to see an NFL where that action in that instance regardless of the score and regardless of the time on the clock I want to see that out of the game and I want to see an official step in in that moment I don't know of a single fan even Steeler fans will tell you that was not a good call All of them. The only excuse that Correnti could have is that he thought Marsh was, in fact, barking at the bench. He didn't see what Marsh was doing facially. Didn't see what he was doing with his face. All he saw is what Marsh was doing with his body, which was strut towards the sideline that he'd already spent a good couple of seconds on this green earth staring at. That's all he saw. And I bet he did not know that it was just a stare down until after the game.
4: He's right there. How can he not hear it?
1: It's that, what do you mean not hear it? The guy is far away from him. Hear what? There was nothing to hear. Exactly. But But if
4: if he's just thinking, you can't throw
3: a flag for a thought.
1: He's not... That's insane. No, I, I would say this. Correnti was far enough away. The place is going crazy. Bears fans were very loud in that building yesterday, too. Bears fans can travel everywhere. He, there's no way he knew that Marsh was saying nothing. There's no chance. He did not see it. We did on replay. New York saw it on replay and should have gotten in his ear and say, pick it up, unless, as Dean Blandino said, they do, in fact, want that foul, and they want... That Cassius Marsh action out of the game. I didn't even see it. Nobody at home saw it. i proffer to say most of the Steelers didn't see it because they were running back to the bench. Their backs because were too time marsh. To punt. Okay. And the
0: punt team was coming on the
1: field. And it's not a single soul. And Pittsburgh on the bench was like, you know, yeah, you're right back at you. We'll beat you. Like, it was so far away. He was between the numbers and the hash mark. But he was far enough away from Corrente for him to – Not know. And if you don't know everything, you shouldn't pull the trigger on the flag at that moment. Period. But they're so conditioned to do it. It's unfortunate if Blandino is correct that the league is going to back this play of Carrentes from last night. Making the wrong move to all my friends and colleagues in New York City. Wrong move move I know you want to circle the wagons around your people love that mentality that's what we do here that's what anybody wants to have the backup of their management team but sometimes something's got to come out to say that's not the call that we want to have made because it shouldn't be the call that you want made take a break back with more on this subject matter Right here on The Rich Eisen Show and your calls at 844-204-RICH. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal.
0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. So
1: let's hear from everybody last night. What do you got yeah. first? Uh, you got uh, Matt Nagy. Let's, let's hear from the, the Chicago Bears head coach. This was Matt Nagy last night after. Uh, what I mean, Fields balled out, man, in that fourth quarter. As I said at the top of the show, his, his huggies dropped last night, man. That was great. I mean, Bears fans, they you got to see what this is. This is the good stuff. Last night took the lead after getting hosed on that taunting call that led to the Steelers hanging on the ball, taking more time off the clock, kicking a field goal that required Fields to have to score the touchdown, and he did. This is what Nagy had to say
0: afterwards. I think we all understand it's a very, very emotional game. These guys, on, it's a different deal when you're watching on TV. It's a different deal when you're, I mean, it's, it's, it's an emotional game. And so that's not an excuse in anything, but we just got to, we got to be smart. And, and it's also an emphasis this year, right? It's a major emphasis. So knowing that it's a major emphasis, we all as coaches and players got to make sure that you just don't even put it in the gray area, right? Don't put it in that area. And, and you, did, you guys did a great job. You worked like hell to get off the field. So come off the field, right, and celebrate with your guys. And so, again, I got I to gotta see it. I didn't see it. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of those deals that we know they're emphasizing it.
1: I mean, that's what a coach has got to say. He can't be fined for criticizing the officials and the closest he did right there to say it's an emotional game. So, you know, again, I think it's incumbent upon the officials to not call it in those instances. Why does it have to be on the players to not put it in the gray area? How about when it's in the gray area, you don't throw the flag with three and change to go win a three-point game? How about it's incumbent on both parties when it's in the gray area? How about that? That's interesting. So Cassius Marsh put it in the gray area, and again, he was on the Steelers, got cut, wound up on the Burris practice squad, and made a play of the night. So I think that's what the stare down was, the kind of how do you like me now. Mm-hmm. But that's all it was. This was Marsh after
2: the game. I think it's pretty clear to everybody who saw it that – I wasn't taunting, and um, like you know, I've been doing the celebration my whole career, and uh, you know, it's just sad to see stuff like that happen in a close game like that. Um, it's just rough, man. I don't, don't want to say too much because y'all know how it is, but uh, <clears throat> the one thing that I will say is, uh, you know, on my way to the sideline, I got hip checked by the ref, and it's it's pretty clear. Um, if I were to do that to a ref or even touch the ref, you know, we'd get kicked out of the game and possibly suspended and fined. So I just think that that was incredibly inappropriate. Um, and that's all I'll say about that.
1: I just, Tony Kareni is one of the most reputable guys. You could say what you will about him. I think he injects himself way too much. He did that in the Cowboys Chargers game. I even joked that it was on CBS. He's trying to pitch a show here in Los Angeles called CSI Correnti, you know, like it was too much. I, I don't think he's purposefully hip-checking the guy. I know what the video looks like. I just don't think he's a 69-year-old man who's survived cancer. I mean, like he's he's battled back from a lot. I don't think he's hip-checking guys who are twice his size. I just don't. It looks strange, though, and it's a bad look, and the NFL has to address all of it. Has to. And by the way, if the Game of Thrones prequel doesn't hire Cassius Marsh for a wildling, I don't know whether <laughs> it's straight out of central casting, man. Certainly with that jacket with the, with the you know. The Revenant 2 you with know, Cassius I mean, Marsh. You know. Here's what I want to hear from Mike Tomlin speaking today. He's on the competition committee. And we all know this is, you know, it comes from the, Dean Blandino said earlier, the subcommittee from the coaches. That's where it was born. Like, let's clean this game up. And, Yes, get the taunting, standing over a player out. This stuff, let go. That's the way I'm looking at it. Most fans are, we don't want to see that flag last night. We don't. Not what this is intended for. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say today.
2: Are you a proponent of the new taunting
3: rule that's being emphasized, and have you had an opportunity to kind of reinforce it with your players? I am, and I have. Um, we're just trying to clean our game up, um, we, we embrace the responsibility that comes with being the role models that we are. This game being played at the highest level, we understand that people that play at a lower level watch us and, and, and often mimic the things that we do and how we conduct ourselves. And just largely as a league, uh, competition committee specifically, uh, there was a desire to improve in that area. And so um, that's been expressed to our guys. Um, we've We've been shown examples of that throughout team development. And we continue to reinforce that as examples that a negative way turn up during the course of the journey for us and for others.
1: So did nobody ask in the follow up about last night? Yeah, is that what happened? Okay, not. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's what I wanna know. Do you want that called in that instance? Is this what the intent of the emphasis is? Do you want that called? Or you want to just let it go. It's in the gray area. I say, let it go. It's in the gray area. We don't want to see that called. We as fans want you, as a matter of fact, to say the same thing. Has anyone, I mean, our phone lines are lit. Has anybody said, yeah, like, let's go. Okay, here we go smiles in maryland you're here on the rich eyes show what's up smiles
2: hey rich thanks for taking the call yeah i was at the game last night um i'm a Bears fan um it it was really confusing why the bears had that call so i had to simultaneously have the telecast going Mm -hmm. at the same time as being at the game to figure out what was going on uh, Steelers fans were heckling me about that's the rules of the game, you know, play the game fairly, play it the right way. But I, I don't, I didn't encounter anybody who really felt like that was actually the right call.
1: <laughs> of course not. I mean, yeah. Even in the building last night, and I know Steelers fans are, you know, thrilled that they got to keep the ball and got an extra three on the board, and the Bears remarkably still took the lead anyway. Um, you know. Thanks for the call, Smiles. I appreciate it. But, but,
2: but I also think what, yeah. what also is problematic is the premeditated, you know, look out for this player. Like Mario Edwards Jr. was called for uh, pushing the offensive lineman into Ben Roethlisberger as a as a rough and the passer And Justin Fields has to, you know, get an explanation from the ref why he can't get a call two steps after the ball has been released and gets hit in the head.
1: Yeah, that was bad. So that I, I, was that was a bad one for sure. Smiles, I got to run because it's the end of the hour here. That was, an, that was pretty bad too. And again, those are the ones that New York should chime in and say, hey, he took – and this is the unintended consequence of me saying New York and do I want New York to put a flag on the field for roughing the passer? Because last night, Fields let one go and he got contacted and there was no flag. It's a tough sport. It's a tough game to officiate, no doubt. But the taunting stuff has got to be cleaned up.